Hello everybody and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over our fall themed deck with Reaper King being the head of the deck. And here we go. Don't you love New York in the fall? It makes me want to buy school supplies. Oh. I'm almost ready. I would send you a bouquet of newly sharpened pencils if I knew your name and address. Hello and welcome back everybody. My name is Jason. I'm sure you've probably listened to a few of the last episodes, but just to kind of go over what we do here is we do themed EDH decks. For the most part, I try to make them as playable as possible. If I can, if I can't, that's all right. We try to follow the theme as much as possible. Uh, I just really love being able to create these decks. I have so many of them that pop up into my head, and then we like to make them into real life in the architect. So... Also, the link is in the description if you want to look at the, take a look at this deck or any of our past decks. So, our first little segment here I'm going to kind of start introducing is games we've played. So this week, I ended up playing a few games with my friends. Uh, I ended up playing the green-red Planeswalker deck that I had previewed in one of the last episodes. We played about three games. Uh, the first game... I was able to get out, or the first game we ended up losing on turn four to one of my other friends that was playing a Una deck, and then he ran it back in the game two, and in game two, I was able to try and resolve a, so I made the deck into more of a stacks-like deck, so I ended up resolving, trying to resolve a Trinisphere. It got force-willed, everything like that. And then we were able to resolve a Torpor Orb. And then one of my other friends also had a Hush Hushbringer. I think that's the 1-2 Fairy with Lifelink flying and activated and dying abilities don't trigger. So at some point in the game, I also got a Stranglehold out. And my friend that was playing the semi-competitive Una deck just kind of gave up because there wasn't a whole lot that he could do. That game ended up going for another two hours with one of my friends playing Karloff, Ghost Council, and my other friend playing the Ailey Eternal Pilgrim with the companion of the uh, black-white companion. So that deck, or that game kept going on, going on. I ended up getting most of the Planeswalkers in the deck out on the battlefield, along with the Smokestacks, and I had cleared my opponent's boards with a with some type of wrath i can't really remember uh, but they didn't have any creatures but the karloff ghost council guy actually had 140 life and i had the chance to jackal hops and basically set the game but i didn't because i thought it would be too mean but that was almost an hour before the game ended so what ended up happening was even with my smokestacks even with getting all the ultimates I could off and uh, drawing four or 17 cards with Nissa voice of Zendikar. What ended up happening was my opponent, uh, my friend that was playing the Karloff deck ended up right before I was about to kill him with a blight steel, drawing the demonic tutor for the Aether, Aetherworks reservoir and 50ing both me and my, the other opponent, which was okay. Because it was probably like 2.30 in the morning and I had work the next day and I really needed to get to bed. So, good job, Alex. That was my friend that beat me. 
other games that I played, I think I played one on EDH Rec where I was playing also another deck that we previewed, the Brutaclad Mirror Theme deck. I ended up almost being able to kill... I ended up killing one player by bringing back a Aetherworks or a Metalwork Colossus and making all of my tokens into Metalwork Colossuses and and 20ing the Yorak player out of the game, who was going to probably win the next turn anyways. So then that game kept going on. Um, I at some point ended up switching all of my tokens to, I think, the Elk that the Yorak player gave me from his Oko, just because I thought it was too much of a threat and too much of a cheesy thing to do in the deck, because I really, I'd started off saying to the people, this is a Metalwork Colossus deck, or this is a <laughs> Mir deck. Uh, so I felt like it might have been a little too rude to straight up take them all out of the game with a Metalwork Colossus, so I ended up not. Uh, I ended up losing that. I think to a couple board wipes and stuff like that, but that's kind of how my games went for this week. So with that, we're going to go on to the first section, which is the lore of the Reaper King. And I'll see you there. Okay, everybody, the Harvest Festival is tomorrow. And I am so proud of all of you. You've worked so hard. You're amazing. So I have a surprise. And it is possibly the best thing to potentially ever happen to anyone anywhere in the history of the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, the world famous Lil Sebastian. What? Yes! No. Oh my god! Hey. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yes, that is Lil Sebastian. Take my picture, take my picture. Well done, Leslie, well done! I never thought I could meet him. Lil Sebastian made his debut at the Last Harvest Festival in 1987, and he was an instant phenomenon. That week, he was the eighth most photographed object in America. So suck it, the Alamo. So, a little bit of the lore on the Reaper King. Reaper King is an animated scarecrow from the plain of Lorwyn when it was to its darker side on Shadowmoor. The Reaper King is the most powerful of the animated scarecrows in the world. It is speculated that at one point it was a normal scarecrow created by a, Kif- created by a Kifkin cobblesmith and somehow gained sentience and held resentment for their makers. Growing in size and strength takes in other animated scarecrows under its twisted aegis. Uh, and then a fun fact is the Reaper King's crown was featured as the expansion symbol for Shadowmoor. It's also thought that the all the animated scarecrows are actually created from the wood of dead tree folk, which could also kind of account for their demeanor. Because most scarecrows on Shadowmoor will actually end up uh, attacking people, whereas at first they were created so that they could help harvest the grain and everything for the Kifkin. And that's really all the lore that we have for it. A little bit of lore on about what this theme is going to be for this season. So I'm going to try and do this for every time a season rolls around. And then every time a holiday rolls around, I'll make a holiday or season themed deck. So for fall, what we're going to be trying to replicate are some of the things that you're going to see throughout fall. So we're going to have like a hunting section... We're going to have a harvest section. Obviously, we're going to be playing quite a few scarecrows. 
And then we're going to have like a squirrel section and we'll go over all of those. Trying to get that feeling of what it means to be in fall. So just look for a couple of those themes. I know a couple of these are going to be kind of hard to relate to because you're going to have to be able to see the pictures. So if you want to follow along again, you can go to the link that I'm going to put for the architect and you can kind of take a look through uh, the pictures as we go through. So with that, on to the next section. But I guess there's no reasoning with madness. Or cats, for that matter. Seriously, try talking sense into a cat. They just stare at you with their lifeless, patronizing eyeballs for like, a couple of seconds, and then they just walk away. And then you're like, don't turn your back on me. And they're like, nah. And then you're all like, and then they're all like, nah. But it is what it is, I guess. So here we are, at the deck section. So sweet. We should probably start with the biggest theme in the deck being the Scarecrows. So let's start with Reaper King. Reaper King is a legendary artifact creature, Scarecrow, 6-6. Six, six. Other Scarecrow creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever another Scarecrow comes into play under your control, destroy target permanent, and its flavor, and its flavor text is harvest. It's harvest time. <laughs> it's harvest time. Okay. Uh, its mana cost is hybrid two, or a white, and then the same for each of the other colors. So hybrid two or a white, hybrid two or a blue, hybrid two or a black, and so on and so forth like that. So if you're missing a color up in the deck, you can substitute it with two mana. And I really picked this guy as the theme of our deck because really, um, when you think about fall, scarecrows are a big part of it, the harvest aspect of it, the birds and other pests trying to get into your fields to get the harvest for the end of the year and really just has a nice picture to it that kind of reminds me of fall. Other cards we could have gone with are uh, Doran Siege Tower. They have an actual fall-themed version of Doran and gone for more of a tree folk or like a cozy theme inside a house with walls and stuff like that, but for that, it's okay. So let's go to on to our Scarecrows. So I'm going to kind of read over these kind of quickly. They're just basically every Scarecrow in the game for the most part. So none of them are going to be that great. But we have Antlered uh, Skullkin, 5 mana, Artifact artifact Creature Scarecrow, 3-3, three, three, has the active ability, pay 2, target, creature, target white creature, gains persist until end of turn. We have Blaze, Blaze Thorn Scarecrow, 5 mana again, 3-3. Three, three. It has Haste as long as you control a red creature. It has Wither as long as you control a green creature. We have Chainbreaker, 2 mana Scarecrow, 3-3. Three, three. When it comes into play with 2 plus, with two minus 1, minus 1, minus 1, minus 1, minus 1 counters on it. So 2 minus 1, minus 1 counters on it. You can pay 3, tap it, remove a minus 1, minus 1 counter from target creature. We have Skull, we have Fang Skullkin, two mana, two one, Scarecrow. You can pay two, target black creature gains Wither until end of turn. Wither is whenever a creature with Wither deals combat damage to another creature, it deals it in the form of minus one, minus one counters. So kind of like poison, but without the poison aspect. We have Farmstead Glender, Farmstead Glender. Three mana, artifact, creature, scarecrow, 2-2. Two, two. Doesn't untap during your untap step. 
You can pay two, untap it, put a uh, plus one, plus one counter on it. We have Field Creeper, two mana, two, one, Scarecrow. We have Geist Fueled Scarecrow, four mana, four, four, Scarecrow. Creature spells you control cost one more to cast. So kind of a real bad downside, but it is a four, 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 four colorless creature. Grim Poppet, seven mana, four, four. It enters the battlefield with three minus one, minus one counters on it. You may remove a minus one, minus one counter from Grim Poppet and put a minus one, minus one counter on another target creature. We have Harvest Hand, three mana, two, two, Scarecrow. When it dies, or return it to the battlefield transformed under your control. And the backside is Scrounge Scythe. Equipment, artifact, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. As long as equipped creature is a human, it has menace and it equips for two. We have Heath Doll, one mana, one, one, Scarecrow, Sacrifice Heath Doll, Exile Target Creature from a Graveyard. I'm going to stop saying Scarecrows at this point, because everything in this section is a Scarecrow for the most part. Hoofed Skulkin, 3 mana, 2-2, two, two, has the activated ability. Target green creature gets plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. Jawbone Skulkin, 1 mana, 1-1, one, one, pay 2, target red creature gains haste until end of turn. Lockjaw Snapper, 4 mana, 2-2. Two, two, Wither, when <laughs> when Lockjaw Snapper is put into a graveyard from play, put a minus one, minus one counter on each creature with a minus one, minus one counter on it. We're almost through. My goodness. <laughs> Lurebound Scarecrow, three mana, four, four. As it comes into play, choose a color. Whenever you control a permanent of... Whenever you control no permanence of the chosen color, sacrifice it. One-Eyed Scarecrow, three mana, two, three, Defender. Creatures with flying your opponent controls gets get minus O, minus one, minus O. Pillipala, two mana, one, one, flying. You can pay two, untap it, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. There are a bunch of combos you can play with Pillipala. Rattle Blaze Scarecrow, six mana, five, three. It has persist as long as you control a black creature, and has haste as long as you control a red creature. Scarecrone. Now these are one of the more. This is one of the more strong scarecrows that you're going to want to have out in the deck. Scarecrone is three mana, one two. Pay one, sacrifice scarecrone, draw a card, or four and tap. Return target artifact creature card from your graveyard to play. So you can end up returning any of your. Scarecrows from your graveyard to play, which should activate your Reaper King uh, with the ETB effect. Scare Tiller, four mana artifact creature. Ha, one four. Whenever it becomes tapped, choose one. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, or you can return target land from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Scuttlemutt, three mana, two two. Scuttlemutt, I really love that name. Uh, it taps to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, or it taps. Target creature becomes the color of color or colors of your choice until end of turn. So now this guy activates all those common scarecrows that we have in the deck that really depend on colors. So it's kind of nice to have him out when you can. Tatterkite, three mana, two, one, flying. Can't have counters put on it. So say you are up against that wither deck or the poison deck. This just becomes a really good blocker. Thornwatch Scarecrow, 6 mana, 4-4. Four, four. It has Wither as long as you control a green creature, and it has Vigilance as long as you control a white. Watchwing Scarecrow, 4 mana, 2-4. It has Vigilance as long as you control a white creature. It has Flying as long as you control a blue creature. 
Wildfield Scarecrow, 3 mana, 1-4. Defender, you may pay 2, sacrifice it, search your library for up to 2 basic lands, reveal them, put them into your hand, and then shuffle your library. And then our last Scarecrow in Wing Glider Scarecrow, 3 mana, 2-2, two, two, flying as long as you control a blue creature, wither, or persist, which is persist is whenever this creature were to die, return it to the battlefield under your control with a minus 1, minus 1 counter on it. And it has persist as long as you control a black creature. So that's all of our Scarecrows. Thank you for listening through that. That's quite a few. But as long as you have your Reaper King out, being able to cast any of these Scarecrows and have it being able to vindicate target permanent just really ends up helping you. You can replace any of these cards with just Changelings, which are any creature type if you'd like to. So any of those really high converted mana cost, five drops and four drops. Uh, I would suggest playing some of the smaller ones like Heafdal. Heafdal is really good just as a one mana, one, one. Uh, and being able to sacrifice it to exile target card from a graveyard is so good if you have your Reaper King out, if you just have it out. I think it's really a good one to play. Another one that I would consider keeping in are any of the two drop ones. Pillipala, if you want to incorporate a infinite combo with Grand Architect, I believe it is. It's the one blue-blue Vidalkin, and it allows you to basically create infinite mana of any color. As well as, I believe there are combos with Farmstead, Glider. Just being able to untap is one of the better better abilities that came from Shadowmoor. All right, so now on to a couple more of our themes here. We're going to move on to our hunting theme. So there's only two cards in this, uh, but I think it's appropriate to have a hunting theme because when you think about it, you're going out there, you're searching for your turkeys, you're searching for your deer, um, just something to bring home for the big feast that you're going to have at the end of the year here. So Garrick, Cursed Huntsman. This would be your huntman, your huntsman character. Four black green legendary planeswalker Garrick. Starts with five loyalty. It creates a 2-2 wolf, uh, black black and green wolf. And when, with the ability whenever this wolf were to die, put a loyalty counter on a Garrick, or on each Garrick you control. Minus three, destroy target creature, draw a card. Minus six, gain an emblem. Creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and trample. So you end up getting to ultimate it probably the turn after you've played it. And with this and all of our creatures, which we're, we're playing quite a few creatures, getting that emblem is pretty important. But also just being able to take care of a problem creature and draw a card is really good, being able to replace itself. Savvy Hunter, one black green, three three, human warrior. So one of our few human if you want to attach that scythe to it. Whenever Savvy Hunter attacks or blocks, create a food token, sacrifice two food tokens, draw a card, uh, and they are a 3-3. So I also like the idea, whenever I think of fall, I think of eating and having pies, and there's a lot of food tokens with pies on it and different kind of baked goods. So that's all for our harvesters for the moment, or that's all for our hunters for the moment. Uh, let's move on to our harvest-themed cards. So there is a small squirrel-themed aspect going through this so in our harvest section we have acorn harvest three and a green sorcery create two one one green squirrel creature tokens flashback one in a green and pay three life 
Uh, flashback means you get to cast this from your graveyard and create another two squirrel tokens. I mean, who doesn't think of squirrels when you're thinking about fall? You see them fattening themselves up, going everywhere like that. We have Karametra, God of the Harvest. Three green white, six seven, legendary enchantment creature god, indestructible. As long as your devotion to green and white is less than seven, it's not a creature. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you may search your library for a forest or a plains card. So that doesn't have to be, be that doesn't have to be a basic. It could be just any of our forests or plains. You can put it you put it into the battlefield tapped and then shuffle your library. So, I mean, the God of Harvests, why wouldn't you have that in your fall-themed deck? Plow Under, which is a lot of the things you're going to be doing after you harvest. Three in a green, or three green-green sorcery. Put two target lands on the top of their owner's library. It's a sorcery. So, also not a great card, but if there's a problematic land like Maze of Ith or glacial chasms and you need that turn to get in plow under can solve that and a lot of people are not thinking plow under is going to be happening soul of the harvest four green green creature element elemental huh trample six six whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control you can draw a card awesome because we're playing so many creatures in this deck teneb the harvester three Black, green, white. Now, I, I did just add this literally because it had Harvest in the name. Uh, but also the color scheme behind it, I think, is also a really nice fall theme. But it's a legendary creature, Dragon 6-6, flying. When Teneb the Harvester deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two and a black. If you do, put target creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So also another way to kind of reanimate our... Scarecrows if we have our Reaper King out. And the last one here is Harrow. Two in a green instant as an initial cost to cast the spell, sacrifice a land, search your library for up to two basic lands, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Just a, another type of a plow under, making sure that the soil is ready for the next year. Finishing, finishing a little bit up with our squirrel theme here, we have Acorn Catapult. Four mana artifact, pay one tap. Acorn at Catapult deals one damage to target creature or player. That creature's controller. That creature's controller or that player puts a 1 1 squirrel creature token onto the battlefield. There we go. We're flinging our acorns so that the squirrels can go and get them and come back to us. To our deranged hermit. I mean, who doesn't know this crazy person? Three green green one one echo. So echo means at the beginning of your the upkeep after you've played this permanent, you have to pay its echo cost. So basically it's converted mana cost or you have to sacrifice it. When it enters the battlefield, you create four squirrel tokens. They're treated as one one green creatures and all squirrels get plus one plus one until end of turn. And then squirrel nest one in a green uh, enchantment aura enchant land. Enchanted land has... Create a 1-1, tap, create a 1-1 squirrel creature token. And that's it for our squirrels, for the most part. If another one pops up, that's just the way of the world. So then we have our fall-themed cards. So this is where you're going to probably want to go online, pull up the list, and so you can see the pictures. Because a lot of it's going to either have autumn in the name or have a very fall-themed 
Arlen Cord, two red, green, Planeswalker, Planeswalker Arland, uh, plus one until end of turn, up to one target creature, gets plus two, plus two, has Vigilance and Haste. It has a zero, where you put a zero, or you zero loyalty on it, put a two-two wolf creature token onto the battlefield, and then transform Arlen Cord. It st- uh, she starts with three loyalty, and then she switches into Arlen Embraced by the Moon. Has a plus one. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. Minus three, it deals three damage to target creature or player, so any target, and then you retransform it. That's a minus one on that. And then minus six, you gain an emblem with creatures you control, have haste, and tap. This creature deals damage equal to its power to any target. Oh, that's funny. This came from Shadow, or this came from Innistrad. The art on it is a very autumn theme to it. All the leaves are off the trees already, and Arlen's kind of set into a more warm feeling to it. Then we have Autumn Willow from Homelands. Four colorless, green, green, four, four. Legendary creature Avatar. It has Shroud, which means this creature can't be targeted by spells or abilities. Period. Not just spells or abilities your opponents control, so... Until end of turn, Autumn Willow can be the target of spells and abilities controlled by target player as though they didn't... as though it didn't have Shroud. So it's just a very complicated way to give it Hexproof. But Autumn Willow. This is an Autumn-themed card. Uh, Autumn's Veil. One green instant. Spells you control can't be countered by black or blue spells this turn and creatures you control can't be targeted by black or blue spells this turn autumn's veil just also another autumny card it has the leaves and a druid basically gaining shroud from all the leaves surrounding it it's an instant autumn's gloom two green enchantment you can pay one black put target card from your library into your graveyard and then has delirium at the beginning of your End step, if there are four or more card types in your graveyard, transform it. It transforms into a tree folk with trample and hexproof, and it's a 4-4. Baked into a pie, two black black, instant, destroy target creature, create a food token. So, I mean, who's not baking during the fall season? And maybe you wouldn't want to eat this pie, But I know this is one of the more, this is one of the few baking themed cards I could find. And the one that definitely references pie. Chromatic Lantern, uh, obviously a role player in the deck. But also, I think it's important to have, I like the lights that everybody starts putting up for fall. The colored orange lights that you see as you go through neighborhoods when people are setting up for Halloween. But yeah, so Chromatic Lantern is kind of representing that. Three mana artifact, lands you control, tap to add mana of any color, and then it taps to add mana of any color. Daughter of Autumn, two and a green or two green green legendary creature, Avatar. You can pay one white. The next one damage that would be dealt to target white creature this turn is dealt to Daughter of Autumn instead instead. And she is a 2-4. But if in the background you can see it, all of the or the tree has lost all of its leaves and it's she's holding an apple for the harvest there. 
But I guess also another thing that your one scarecrow that can turn anything into any color can use. Doran the Siege Tower. Now the art that's up there is just the regular Doran, but there if you Google it, there is a fall themed Doran, which is a beautiful color scheme. Uh, all of Doran's leaves on top of his head have turned into a nice Have you ever seen somebody ruin their whole life? So it's a nice autumn color to it, and Doran just looks a little more grizzled behind it, but it is a beautiful fall themed card. Uh, Edge of Autumn, one in a green, sorcery. If you control four or fewer lands, search your library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library, or you can cycle it uh, by sacrificing a land and just draw another card. Also, we have a few cards in the deck that reoccur lands from your graveyard, so Edge of Autumn in the late game isn't too, too bad. Fair, fair, fair burial, fair burial, fair burial elder, one green, white, zero, zero. Treefolk Druid, Vigilance, it gets plus one, plus one for each color among permanents you control. You can tap it to add one mana for each color of permanent you control. So right off the bat, it'll be able to create two mana and be a 2-2 because it counts itself. Also just has a beautiful fall-themed motif to it with your dark yellows, your reds, and your greens. Night of Autumn, one, this is from Ravnica. Uh, the latest time that we went back to Ravnica, we were in the fall season. So if you want to be looking for any of the basic lands to make your fall theme deck, this would be, that would be one of the sets to look into as well as Innistrad. One green, white, two, one, Druid Knight. When it enters the battlefield, choose one, put two plus one plus one counters on it, or destroy target artifact or enchantment, or you gain four life, so very versatile. Oversoul of Dusk, this is hybrid green-white, hybrid green-white five times. So hybrid green-white, hybrid green-white, so on and so forth. It's a spirit avatar, protection from blue, from black, and from red, and it is a 5-5. Five five. Uh, this always, whenever I saw this card, it always reminded me of fall. Like just the colors, the uh, raggedy trees, the idea of dust coming on and our time, we're kind of losing time and daylight as we go through this season. Pollen Lullaby, one white, one and a white instant, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Clash with an opponent. If you win the clash, creatures that player controls don't untap during that player's next untap step. So a really nice fog. You could fog twice. Uh, clash means you reveal the top card of your library. If your card has the highest converted mana cost, you win. If it's tied, I don't know what happens if it's tied. So each each clashing player reveals the top card of his or her library, then puts that card on the... Oh, then you also can put that card on the top or bottom. Uh, a player wins if he or she has the highest converted mana cost. Oh, so if you tie, you don't win. So that's kind of obvious. But a nice little scry effect. Seasons past, four green, green. Sorcery, return any number of cards with different converted mana costs from your graveyard to your hand, and then you shuffle seasons past back into your library. Awesome reanimate effect. Uh, it can be just sometimes a game ending effect. Seasons past, and it kind of represents a tree that's going into the fall season if you look at the art. And then one of my more favorite themed cards for this set, or for this deck, is Young Wolf. One green, one one. 
wolf. It has undying. So if this creature dies, it comes back to the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter. But I really like this one to represent a dog jumping into fallen leaves. Because if you look at the picture art, it is a wolf that looks like it's jumping into a pile of leaves. And I always thought that was really cute. So for a couple of our cards that are just kind of rounding out, rounding out the deck and not really fitting a theme, we have Shield of the Oversoul. Uh, also another Oversoul card. So two hybrid green or white enchantment aura. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and is indestructible as long as it's green. And it gets plus one, plus one in flying if it's a white creature. We have Utopia Sprawl. Very vibrant colors, but it's one, one green enchantment aura, enchant, enchant forest. As Utopia Sprawl enters the battlefield, choose a color. The enchanted land taps add one mana of the chosen color and then wild growth one green enchant land whenever enchanted land is tapped for mana add one additional green to your mana pool we have rampant growth one in a green search your library for a basic uh, sorcery kadama's reach two in a green sorcery search your library for two basics put one into your hand and one into the battlefield tap we have far seek one in a green search your library for a forest or for anything but a forest put it in the battlefield tapped Obviously, any card that has a type plains, island, swamp, or mountain. And then we have Cultivate, two in a green, Sorcery, search your library for up to two basics, put one into your hand, one into the battlefield, tapped. And then we're playing a few Signets, Arcane Signet, two mana, add one mana of any color of your general to your mana pool, Golgari Signet, Gruul Signet, uh, Selesnya Signet, and Simic Signet. Now I'm playing all the green Signets uh, because most of our deck is mostly green and it really doesn't matter when we're casting our Scarecrows, which is for the most part what we're going to be casting. But a Signet is just two, a two mana artifact. You can pay one into it and get mana out of the combination. So Simic would be green, blue, so on and so forth. For a few of our, so now onto the last part here, for a few of our lands... So some of our fall-themed lands, we have Grove of the Burn Willows. If you look at it, it's just a beautiful art. Any of the arts, I believe, are super beautiful for Grove of the Burn Willows. But it's a it's just trees that have these beautiful red-orange coloring to them. Very fall-themed, I feel. The Temple Garden from the newest Ravnica is probably the most fall-themed of the Ravnican uh, Shocklands, and we are playing all of the Ravnican Shocklands in the deck. But if you look at the Temple Garden from that set, it just has beautiful autumn leaves already changing in the art. And then a few lands. So Mish's Factory has a printing where it is fall-themed. There's actually one for each of the seasons. I th I'm not sure. One of them is super expensive. I don't think it's the fall one, but there is a Mish's Factory where it's fall themed uh mistress factory for anybody that doesn't know it's a land it taps to add one colorless or you can pay one mistress factory becomes a 2-2 assembly worker artifact creature token until end of turn it's still a land you could tap it assembly worker creatures get plus one plus one until end of turn and then a couple maze cards so we have maze of ith i'm really just playing maze of ith and mystifying maze they kind of do the same maze of ith taps to uh, untap target creature prevent all combat damage that be dealt to this creature and you untap it and take it out of combat basically and then mystifying maze is the same except it taps to add mana 
and you have to pay four, and it exiles target attacking creature your opponent controls. Uh, but this, so that's only for opponents. But you can use Maze of Ith to take your creatures out of combat. I'm playing the mazes because, like corn mazes, that's pretty fall themed. I feel so, you know, it's nice to have that. And then we are playing more. We're playing more basic forests than anything, because, like I said, we're playing quite a few more green cards than we are of any other colors. Actually, for the most part, you can take any islands out of the deck. I'm playing one just so that we can cast our general if we ramp really hard. But we, I don't believe we're even playing a single blue card in the entire deck. So if you really want to take the blue out of it, you can. But I am just playing. Or if you want to take the blue fetches out, the blue shocklands out, you can. Because for the most part, they're really not doing anything for you except making it easier to cast your commander. So, all right. So with that, we're going to go on to the next section, which is going to be kind of how the deck plays. So I'll see you there. He never raised his voice. That was the worst thing. The fury of the Time Lord. And then we discovered why. Why this doctor, who had fought with gods and demons, why he'd run away from us and hidden he was being kind. He wrapped my father in unbreakable chains forged in the heart of a dwarf star. He tricked my mother into the event horizon of a collapsing galaxy to be imprisoned there forever. He still visits my sister once a year, every year. I wonder if one day he might forgive her, but there she is, can you see? He trapped her inside a mirror. Every mirror. If ever you look at your reflection and see something move behind you just for a second, that's her. That's always her. As for me, I was suspended in time, and the doctor put me to work standing over the fields of England as their protector. We wanted to live forever. So the doctor made sure that we did. So, now, so how the deck plays and kind of the strategies behind the deck. So in the deck, we're playing 37 creatures, which is a super high creature count. Uh, we could probably end up cutting some of the creatures to add probably a few more lands to get us up to 38 lands. I do believe the deck probably should be playing 38. Because Mazevith really isn't a land for the most part. It's more of a spell that you play as a land so that you can like make a free land drop, but you'll always have that effect. So cutting a few creatures to add a few more lands is always a good idea. You do want to be around 38. I'm playing 36 in the deck, but it could probably do a few less than that. Um, a lot of the creatures we're going to be casting are colorless, being that most of the most of the I think it was 27, 27 of the Scarecrows are all colorless. So really, you're going to be able to cast something realistically through the game. For the most part, we do have quite a bit of ramp. In about 13 ramp cards, I'm not really counting like Edge of Autumn, because that's only a ramp spell if you uh, get it early. But 13 ramp cards, 
from CMC 1 to CMC 3. I don't count anything usually over that because at that point you should have been already ramping and anything further is just furthering the game plan. So a lot of it is fixing. Almost all of it can fix so that we can get our five colors for Reaper King. And then being able to cast multiple... The most important things here are being able to cast multiple spells in a turn when you have your Reaper King out because you're going to want to at least cast... If at the very least one Scarecrow, if not two, to deal with problem permanence, you could add into the deck right now because we're not playing any protection really for our Reaper King. A lot more Reaper King decks end up playing more protection for the Reaper King so that you can have that effect over multiple turns. The deck does have a little bit of recursion, which is nice, and a few ways to go wide. There's some obviously bad cards in the deck, basically for the theme, like Autumn Autumn Willow and Daughter of Autumn. The one thing that the deck is probably lacking at the moment is any type of draw. Uh, so whatever hand you have is basically what you're going to be stuck with. There are a few ways to gain card advantage, things like Karametra God of the Harvest and Seasons Past, as well as some of our Planeswalkers being able to create virtual card advantage for us but for the most part there's not a whole lot of card advantage in the deck i would suggest going and looking at a reaper king list if that's something you're interested in building like an actual scarecrow deck uh, they're going to end up playing a lot more low converted mana cost creatures also when it comes to removal we're not playing a whole lot of removal we're playing a baked into pie <laughs> and then all of our scarecrows so if you want some removal that's how it's going to be going but yeah, so that's kind of the way the deck's going to play. You're just going to want to try and eke out value as you go by playing your Scarecrows and your Reaper King. You can play cards like Conspiracy, and Conspiracy can make it so that when you play things like your Deranged Hermit, Conspiracy is three and a black enchantment. When it comes into play, name a creature type. All creatures are creatures of that type. So when you play your Heritage Hood, you end up getting five Scarecrow triggers. So it's just up to you. But yeah. And then onto the last section, which is the budget section. Also, what did I get from my money? What is college? I, 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 <laughs> Stop going till we figure it out. Because I went to college, I have no idea what it was. I went to college, I was 18 years old, I looked like I was 11. I lived like a goddamn ninja turtle. <laughs> I didn't drink water the entire time. I lived on cigarettes and alcohol and Adderall. College was like a four-year game show called Do My Friends Hate Me or Do I Just Need to Go to Sleep? But <laughs> instead of winning money, you lose $120,000. So, this deck comes in at a total of $290.94. But, the land, literally the land base is $161 of that. So if you take away the land base and you play just, you could play all basics or just whatever lands you have laying around, the total of the deck comes out to be $129. And I think it's actually a little cheaper than that, because right now, Rampant Growth, they're using the textless-based version of it from Card Kingdom, which means it's actually 
$10 cheaper. I don't know why they're using that. It must be Architect. So the three most expensive cards in the deck would be Heritage Druid coming in at $25. It's just an old card. It might be on the reserve list. So this is one of the reasons that it's so expensive. Uh, the next most expensive card after that is Utopia Sprawl. Utopia Sprawl coming in at $7.49 on Card Kingdom or $6.87 on TCG Player. Also another card you can cut. You don't need to use Utopia Sprawl. Just for the fact that at some points you can just not have a forest and not be able to enchant. But for other decks, I would suggest starting to invest more in these one-mana ramp spells like Wild Growth and Utopia Sprawl. Because they're so powerful to be able to ramp out. It's I, I like starting to go towards one-mana ramp spells. Because being able to have that turn one play into a turn three spell on turn two is just so good. And then the last most expensive card is Chromatic Lantern. Chromatic Lantern, always going to be expensive. Hopefully they just keep reprinting it forever. It'll probably always be a $3 card. But right now it's up to about a $10.99 card on Card Kingdom or $9 on TCG Player. So like I said, the, the big expense in the deck is always the land base. But like I, you can always play more basics. You can always play just lands that you have laying around. Um... I would suggest if, at the very least, you get all the green spells if you're going to play something like this. So you're the green lands, pain lands, so that you can at least search for them with Farseek. Or the green shock lands, sorry. So you can at least search for them with Farseek. But for the most part, you don't need to play them. Beatrice, why are you pretending I'm this guy's nephew? We need money. You're scamming him? I was thinking more like flat-out stealing from him. What? No way! Why not? We already stole a horse. Hey, guys. No, we didn't. Fred's a talking horse. He can do whatever he wants. I want to steal. <gasps> what? You guys are bonkers. If we're going to Adelaide's, we need two cents. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys do what you... Two cents? Only two cents? Yeah, we need two pennies to take the ferry to Adelaide's pasture. So, and that's the end uh, of our fall-themed deck. I do want to say thank you. For coming and listening, if you listen to the whole thing. If you have any suggestions, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm at WolfieMTG on Twitter, and I'm WolfieStar12 at gmail.com if you want to email me a deck list, if you want to talk. Uh, I know I'm. this is my 10th episode, which is awesome. I'm super excited that I made it up to 10. So now I'm going to start looking into other things that I want to get done. Um, like I said... At some point, I'm going to bring a guest on, I promise. Uh, I just have to figure it out, a timing and everything like that. But with that, I want to say thank you. I am going to try and get a Halloween-themed deck out by the end of October, which would be nice. And we'll just see how it goes from there. So thank you so much, and have a great fall. I kind of had a little mess up with the volume in the end there, so... It's finally done! When these idiots see this balloon, they'll understand that I love young people. I heart kids. All right, let her rip. Oh, oh no, a letter rip. What the H? <laughs> I eat kids, but we're kids. It's heaven's punishment for our terrible taste in everything. <laughs>